Welcome to Psychic Social, brought to you by psychic.co.uk. Welcome to Psychic Social and our Q&A show with John Spratt, psychic medium and ghost hunter. Now on this show we're going to be asking John a whole host of questions that have been asked about him on his Facebook fan page. So John, thanks so much for taking the time to hook up with us again. We're really looking forward to asking you these questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great stuff. Let's get stuck in. Right, so first question is from Stephanie Swan. She has said, would you ever do a seance and land healing ceremony at the most darkly haunted place here in the Highlands in Scotland? Lara already knows the place. I would so very love to help bringing peace to this place. Come on, Spratty. It's too scary for myself alone. Bob, <laughs> do you know, I am someone that whenever anybody offers me to go to anywhere that is sort of scary, paranormal, I'm there. OK, so most definitely get in touch and we could sort something that actually sounds quite interesting did they say land was haunted is that what they said it in the message said uh, and land healing ceremony at the most darkly haunted place here in the highlands in scotland so that sounds a bit like it could be like i don't know like indian burial ground sort of mm. vibration that comes from it that sort of energy Right. I would most definitely like to know more. Right, okay. We'll get on that. We'll get back to on that one. Um, and now the next one is from Amanda Bateman. She said, Hi, Spratty. I hope you, Erin, and the kids are doing good. Is there any psychic you've not worked with yet that you'd love to have the opportunity to work beside? I've... I've... <laughs> okay. Um, people are going to hate me for this one. Some people will love me. But the Long Island medium... Um, from America, um, Teresa, I can never pronounce her surname. Um, I would absolutely love to work with that woman, purely because um, I think she's got that same craziness as what I've got. You know, when you watch her on the TV, and I know we're only seeing a clip of her when she's on the TV, mm-hmm. uh, but from that small clip that you could see, she's got that nice upbeat energy. Yeah. You know, she's just going to say things as as she gets them and that that's the way i am you know i just mm. say it as i get it um i would love to sort of meet her and work even if it was just for five minutes um to be in her energy and do like mm. a joint reading or something before. i've watched long island medium many many times and yeah she's really enjoyable to watch isn't she really really good yeah i mean i just i know a lot of people say this and that and i mean i'm i'm someone i till i've met you and what have you I keep no sort of judgment in things, but I think she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, right, so the next question is from Caroline Wallace. She says, Hi, John, hope you, Erin, and the boys and all your animals are good. Now your boys know they're getting older. Are they like you? Do they tell you they see spirits? Keep safe, much love, and big hugs. Thank you. Um, My oldest my six-year-old um most definitely um when he was three he used to sit in the living room and he would look out the window and Erin would say what are you looking at um Rory and he'd say oh I'm watching the angels and Erin used to say the angels what angels and he said to her dad's angels at dad's work and we always thought it was a bit bizarre because I'm not the type of person that talks about angels. You know, there's nothing even in our house about angels. If I'm talking about um, doing work or readings, I'll say um, it's spirit. I never say angels. 
So it was a bit bizarre. He now also talks to his great-grand um, all the time. He's always telling us stories. He's never, ever met his great-grand. Um, she actually died, I think it was three weeks before he was born. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit strange that, you know, he's able to describe her. There's no photographs of her anywhere. Uh, so we leave him to that. My youngest is the exact same, um, although he's a bit more a bit more crazier because my oldest is like, oh, that's really nice, sweet, love, light. Um, and then my, my youngest is like, a oh boy. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. go away, don't annoy me. I want to play with my dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's definitely picking things up and he sees animals more than anything. He's forever telling us there's a cat in his bedroom or a dog in his, his bedroom. Um, and I know we've got cats and dogs, but, you know, they're downstairs, they're not up in his bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. um, and he's walking down the stairs sometimes and he's got his hands out and you're like, what are you doing? He's like, putting this cat outside, it's not ours. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Great. So the kids are just like the dad. Yep. Sounds like <laughs> it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So that's that one. The next question is from Harpreet Nijar. I hope I pronounced that right. Harpreet. Uh, they've said, we all know there is a good and evil everywhere regardless. In the spirit world, when we are told to ask for help from our guardian angels or loved ones in time of need, from let's say an evil psychic attack, are you putting them in danger? How do they protect themselves from the evil spirits? That's quite a quite a good question. Um, so there is obviously light and dark, um, which we're we're all very much aware of. You know, just like here on the material plane as well, you've got good people and bad people. Um, I'm I always say, I'm sure I've been asked this before, and my my answer, sorry, was that the good have always got a stronger energy, so they they're working with the purest of energy. Um, as for the, the evil, the dark side, they're working with a, a non, like a diluted sort of energy. And that's why they need that that feeding. They need the fear. They need to keep it in because they need to keep their energy up. Okay. Um, so this is what protects the, the your normal spirit, your angels, your guides, helpers, whatever you want to call them. That's what keeps them strong, keeps them grounded. They're able to ward them off because they're a lot stronger. They're working with a purer energy. Yes, there is times when spirit, you know, the evil side, if they get a collection, so if you get a pile of them, or four, five, six or something, it will make it slightly harder for the pure energy to overpower it, but it will always be able to overpower it, if that answers the question. Great, thank you for that one. Okay, moving on to the next one, Maria Ann. Hi, has a spirit ever become attached to you? And if so, how did you deal with it? Yes, I have had had it once. Um, I went to visit um, what was it was an abbey um, that I went to that was in ruins. And as I was there, I was aware of a, a gentleman who was just wandering around. And it was like he was lost, and I was like, "Oh, a bit bizarre." Um, but when I came home, I still felt I had that that gentleman with me. Um, and it was when I was in my bed when I was actually I heard them like talking and things. I couldn't make out what he was saying, but I heard him talking and mumbling away to himself. And I was like, oh, my God, this person must have come home with me. Um, I thought nothing else of it, thinking maybe he'll just go back himself. Uh, He just maybe wanted to come home with me and make a cup of tea or something, you know, just the normal sort of thing. Um, But about three, four days later, he was still here. um, 
and what I had to do was I had to go back to where I was. Um, and it sounds weird, but I had to return him. Um, he made me feel like he was lost and that he didn't mean to come with me. He just followed. Um, and when he was seemingly here on the material plane after communicating with him, you know, that's what his job was. He was a, a servant, so he followed around and things like that. So it was really bizarre. But, yeah, I had to actually take him back. I have heard of people having attachments where they've had to sort of do rituals and things like that to move them on, but I've never had to experience that. Um, just that one where I had to take him back. Okay, good. Right, okay. Uh, next one is Claire Petalengro, what's the best thing about your job and what's one of your favourite or most memorable readings you've done and when are you doing a live theatre show with the amazing Claire Petalengro and Lara Wells? I guess you know this, <laughs> <Thank> girl. <laughs> um, we will be doing a live theatre show very, very soon. Um, my, What I love about this work is... Do you know, it, it sounds bizarre because everybody would say it's passing on the readings to people. And to me, it's not. It's about picking people up when they're feeling absolutely down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, whenever anybody comes to one of my shows or anything, even if it's a, you know, a, a group reading, it doesn't matter what it is, or a Facebook Live, I always say to everybody at the end of it, you know, Sorry, I couldn't get around everybody, uh, but material time always catches up on us. But if you could take one thing from one person's message, even if it was the word mum or the smell of a flower or the colour blue, anything to please take it and know their loved one was here. And then I go on to say, and if you cannot take anything from anything, that I hope at least I've put a smile on your face and taken away your daily troubles for just an hour. Um, because to me, that's what it's all about. It's about leaving that room feeling better than you did when you come in. Sure. And that's what being a medium is all about to me. Totally, totally understand that. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one. Tanya O'Neill, do spirits ever haunt you to give people readings or after you have given readings? Back um, when I first started, yes, spirit would hang around. Um, most definitely, you would be in the supermarket and you would be in the queue and you would have someone's granny shouting, oh, I, I need to speak to them, I need to speak to them. Um, and that would drive me absolutely crazy. But now that I've, I've got that control where spirit don't get to come and connect with me when I'm not doing readings, I don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. um, I do know a lot of psychics that do have the problem. And, you know, I've seen them walking down the street and the, the, you could see them turning around as if they want to go and talk to somebody. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Keep walking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I've, I've very much got that control. I have done readings. So I've done a private sitting for someone. And maybe whoever's come forward, I always remember a lady doing it, actually, that was somebody's granny. And she stayed around with me. I had more readings to do that day. And she stayed with me the whole day I was doing readings. And it was like she was just going around in the back of me, cleaning up and polishing mm -hmm. furniture. <laughs> um, which was quite nice. But that's sometimes happened, but not always. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, the next one is Liam Gahan. I hope I pronounced that right. What was your first encounter with the spirit world and how did you realise that you had the gift and what made you want to pursue that career? So the first time was in my grand's house when I saw the piper on the steps, uh, which 
at the time, I never knew was a ghost. Um, obviously, because I'm just a wee lad, just a wee six, seven-year-old boy, um, seeing this thing, could hear this this person. Um, I thought it was was just somebody. And I used to say to my, my gran and that, oh, my God, he really needs to start playing his music a bit quieter. Who is he? He's, you know, asking questions and things. And it was then when I was like, oh, that's not a real person then. I've got to admit, it still never sunk in, even when I was a bit older. There's still times now, you know, spirit can show themselves to me and it's like looking at anybody else, like looking at you, looking at whoever. Um, not as often now, but it still happens. Um, as for taking it on as like full time and doing readings, being the psychic full time, that was when I was about 22, 23, um, when I just decided... I'd had enough with the work that I was doing. I felt like I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve through it. I reached as high as I could, not as I could go, but as high as I wanted to go. Um, and that I wanted something different. At that time, I did not know it would be a medium. Um, I really thought I was going to go, go to uni or something and learn something else. But no, the spirit world had a different tactic up their sleeve. Um, I can't really say an exact date where I became like full time. It was just I went to a spiritualist church one day, um, got up and did a reading and all these bookings came in at the back of it and I've never stopped. Um, so I've never really said to myself, I want to do this as a career. It just took hold of me and we've just gone with it. Sure, sure. I understand that. Um, okay, next one from Sean Stephen Clark. When did you find out you were psychic and how or where did you go to help you learn how to develop your gift? So um, just like in the last one there, the first, same as the, when I first saw Spirit, um, that's when I knew for learning, I never went anywhere. I'm quite lucky that I never had to go to development circles or development classes. Um, I never had to go through any of that. Um, don't get me wrong, I have did little courses along the way for like Reiki and healing and I've been on astrology courses and things like that just because I felt like I wanted to tap in to see what, what happens in those things. But for my mediumship, I, I never developed in any way. It was all self-done. Um, it was there. There was nothing to develop. Mm. Um, even when spirit changed the way they worked, like when I was a wee boy, I was able to hear spirit. So it was like talking to me and you. Mm. Then over time, that sort of pulled back and it's more images they show me, feelings they give me. It's like they did it slowly that I was able to pick it up. So again, I never had to sort of stop and learn how to do it for mm. for me to be able to do it. That's good because uh, we've heard before a lot of people have had to, a lot of psychics have had to kind of cultivate. They've got it, but they've had to cultivate it quite a lot sometimes. You know, or had to work at it quite hard for it to to be there and and, and be with them. Um, so it's- yeah, I I always call myself the lazy psychic because <laughs> I never right. that. Yeah, and I feel so sorry because I run a development class as well. You know, I've got students. And I get frustrated with them and they're like, did I get frustrated while we're John? And I'm like, oh, it's just so easy. Why are you not grasping this? You know, and then I think, oh, John, you already had it. It was just sitting there. It was mm. natural. You're not mm. needing to retrain your mm. mind or, mm. you know, retrain that focus. So, well, you've already tapped yeah. into that vibration sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I've got a lot of respect for, for mediums that, you know, I've had to sit and 
develop and yeah. tap back in. Um, as for I was just lazy and never had to. <laughs> That's good. Well, we're going to take a short break now. We're hearing John Spratt, psychic medium, answer some of his Facebook fan questions. And there's much more to come in the second half. So we'll see you after this. This is Psychic Social, where the world's best psychics tell you their story. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Psychic Social is brought to you by Psychic.co.uk. Now, Psychic.co.uk is the latest content hub for all things psychic. At Psychic.co.uk, you can learn detailed information about every single tarot card in the deck. There's a page for every single one, 78 pages, and you can directly book psychic readings with some of the UK's best-loved psychics and read great articles written by them too. You can also check out all our other podcasts on the Psychic Social page on the website. So lots of fantastic stuff to get stuck into there at the website. Our amazing tarot course is also coming to Psychic.co.uk very soon too, so keep a lookout for that. If you have any questions or queries about the website or Psychic Social, you can email them to us at support at psychic.co.uk and one of our lovely team will get back to you. Now, back to the show. This is Psychic Social, the spiritual home of psychics. Okay, uh, next one is from Melissa Dawn Warren. How easy it to detach? How easy is it to detach from spirit when you're going about your normal day when not doing a reading? Well, it's not easy, um, and I'm sure other mediums will agree with this. Um, I've it took me ages. It took me a while, you know, a good few weeks um, once I decided and found a way of doing it myself. But for me, spirit do not get to communicate with me when I'm not working. It's just not allowed. Um, when they do it, I just go in a wee cream puff and I lost my temper at them. Um, <laughs> but I do know some people find it hard um, to close down from the spirit world. For anybody that is having troubles, you know, keep it simple. If you're out there and you can connect a spirit and you feel they're around you all the time, and you've been told an exercise how to do it, and you think, oh, it's so complicated. It really doesn't have to be. Um, it could be as simple as imagining something like closing a door and locking it. And as you're doing that, you are saying to yourself, I'm closing the door to the spirit world. No one could come in and speak to me until I open that door the next mm-hmm. time. Um, yes, it's not going to happen right away. You're not going to just, you know, all of a sudden everybody disappears and that's it. You need to be quite strict with that. You need to be quite powerful with that. And when you're closing that door, if you feel like it's still open and spirit are still there, close your eyes, bring your focus, get that door and slam it closed. So get forceful with it, you know, like you would do in the house. If a door doesn't shut the first time, you push it harder. If it still doesn't go, we slam it closed. Mm-hmm. till it's shut mm-hmm. and that's what you need to do with the spirit world when you're when you're closing down when you're opening up sure interesting okay uh jackie hardy says hi i hope you're well at what age did you realize you were psychic and who is your spirit guide so my spirit guide is a lovely native american indian who's also an alcoholic um I call him Gerard, but that's not what his name is. I just can't pronounce his name. And he always said to me, my name could be whatever you want it to be. 
Um, and when I came out of my meditation, I always remember going, oh, what was his name? It was Jer, Jer, and it went on to some googly gook that I couldn't pronounce, and I was like, oh, his name's just Gerard. I'm just going to make him a Gerard. Um, and I could remember the two of us laughing about it because he's like, I'm a Native American Indian called Gerard, and I'm like, yeah, it's good enough for me. Um, but the first time I met him, I was in my 20s. Um, that's when he, he first came through and I got introduced to him. Uh, and I know some people say they, they change their guides and they get new guides. Um, I've never changed. He's always been there. Um, and as much as he's, I call him a pain in the neck, honestly, he's like a he's like a, an animal that you just want to get rid of at times. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't change him, you know. If he if he did ever disappear, or the spirit world decided, right, John, you've you've that's you and Gerard's relationship over. You're giving me something new. I think I'd be quite upset. I would probably stop doing the work <laughs> because I've got this great. It's really bizarre to, to to say to people because, like, when I'm doing my readings, I could still be speaking to him, and we could be having a, a laugh and a joke. So he's like that that friend, but he's only there when I'm working. So it's only there when I open up to the spirit world. It's not like if I'm lying in my bed watching the TV and the, the wife's in the huff and she's now speaking to us. It's all right, Gerard will come in and talk to me. You know, it doesn't work like that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's like the, the lovable rogue that you would rather not have, but you couldn't really do the job without him. <laughs> sure, I can imagine. Okay, right. So next one is from Kerry Brinkowski. What was your favourite message for someone and your favourite haunted place that you've been? My favourite message for someone would have to be the glass eye. Um, and if you listen to the to the last um, podcast, you would know about the glass eye. But we did a, a reading for someone um, and I was connecting into their mum and I was giving this lovely message over to the lady from my mum. Uh, and things were getting quite upset and she was sad and things and there was that change in energy and in stepped our, our dad and I said, oh, I've got your dad here as well. Your dad must be in spirit and he wants to acknowledge the celebration because he's having a drink as he comes forward. So there's a birthday coming up or just been. Um, and the girl was like, oh, it's my birthday. It's just, it's today. I was like, perfect. And as that, I got a really dry mouth because I was able to taste the alcohol from him. I went to pick up my water and as I picked up my water, I threw it to the ground um, because what I saw in it was a glass eye. Um, and I said to the girl, oh my God, sorry, I, says, I picked up that water and there was a glass eye in it. Um, and the person who was doing the reading for it was like, yeah, my dad had a glass eye and he used to put it in people's drinks. <laughs> so that's my, my funny one that I remember, but it's also that one of like, wow, you know, mm, yeah. <laughs> just it's just got that wow written all over it um, there's no other word for it for haunted locations um, it, it kind of depends um, for spookiness and for things going on I would definitely say um, Nidri Street Faults in Edinburgh for amazing paranormal activity where you can actually witness it and see it, there is a tiny museum um, up in Stonehaven in Scotland. And it, it is tiny. It's about the size of maybe some an average living room. Um, it's a really, really small place. But the, the evidence that 
we've had when we've been there and guests when we've been there has just been amazing. It's it's not got that scary atmosphere. To, I mean, even looking at it, you would go, this place is not haunted, um, which then because of that, the people that have come along are like, oh, well, nothing scary is going to happen whilst we're here. Um, so they're all relaxed. And true enough, nothing scary happens. But what does happen is like if you were doing an EVP session asking for voices on the, a tape recorder, you get replies to your answers, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. If you ask for something to move or be thrown, you were able to see things getting thrown. You were able to pick it up. You could feel that it was cold um that sort of thing so that's got the the best for experiences i would say okay okay next one is michelle tilly how often if ever are your shopping trips interrupted by spirit they used to be all the time but now because our john has got the foot down and it's firmly staying down they are not interrupted anymore <laughs> right okay so when you're going around sainsbury's or, or morrison's or tesco there's no no one in your ear putting you off your shopping no one in the ear apart from the wife or the kids throwing in loads and loads <laughs> of things that we don't need yeah, exactly. um, yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean before i used to you know you would have everybody's aunts grands uncles sons daughters um but now absolutely nothing it's great i can go and do shops without being bothered by spirit wonderful stuff okay so next one is dilly's bond uh, uh, Dilly's Bond, Dilly's Bond. Do you encounter any of your own family in spirits? I have only ever once um, seen my dad, um, and it was during a meditation. Actually, I was doing a group meditation, um, which normally I would be talking through, so I wouldn't take part in it. But I put them into this place, and everybody was happy, and I just sort of closed my eyes as well um, and got myself in into the meditation um and then i saw my dad i was like oh my i've never saw anybody in my family in spirit so he came forward and i just sat down with him and the doorbell gone in the house um so i jointed myself back out to go and get the door because i didn't want it to disturb the the people who were sitting in the meditation um and it was a postman delivering a parcel and it wasn't even for me it was for the neighbor um I sat back down to try and get back into this meditation um, to hopefully, for the first time ever, see my dad, um, and it never happened, and I've never, ever got the chance again. That's such a shame. Um, Well, okay, well, let's move on to the next one. It's from Cathy Skeen Yates. How did your family and friends react when you told them you were psychic? The family just sort of, I don't know, it never really came as a shock. They just carried on. Um, nothing really changed. As for friends, um, the majority of my friends sort of they, they knew, they grew up with it anyway. Um, some of them did pull the leg a little bit, you know, like, oh, you should have saw that come in, or oh, this, that, and the next thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got to say everybody sort of accepted it pretty well. Even new people that I meet when I tell them I'm I'm a, a medium or a psychic. They they look at me sometimes like, uh, okay, or someone's go, oh, that's cool. I'm really into, and then they'll say like, I don't know, yoga, meditation, that sort of thing. And that's when I scratch my head saying, how have we got from yoga to, to talking about it? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's their way of sort of pulling it in and accepting it, which is fine. So everybody's been pretty acceptable. Um, I don't really think anybody said, I'm not going to be your friend, John, because you're a, you're a medium. So I'm quite sure. lucky that one. Okay, good. Uh, next one, Sue Valentine. How old were you when Spirit started making you aware that they were around? So I, I always want to say I was aware from birth, to be honest. Um, but the first time when Spirit made myself aware was the, the gentleman on the stairs, the Piper man, um, at the age of six, 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 six seven, um, I want to say, where he used to play his bagpipes on my grand stairs. That's when the first really started to come in. Um, only purely because that's what I remember. There was probably things before that, um, but I don't remember them. And I've got the worst memory anyway. How I even remember to that age, I have no idea. Um, because I can't remember what I had for my tea last night. <laughs> but yeah, six, six-year-old is where things started to move forward. Okay. Cool. Next one is Kay Piercy. Have you ever been scared of a spirit? I've been scared once. Um, and I, I don't even think I was scared of the spirit. Um, I think I was just scared in general because it was something different. It was something I hadn't done before. Um, so once I was doing a house clearance, um, I got a, a bit of a fright just for what I was seeing going on. The other one was on a paranormal investigation in Gilmer and Cove in Edinburgh. Um, and I was standing and I got everybody lost in, in this place. Now, if you've ever been in Gilmer and Cove before, it's impossible to get lost. It's an underground cave, which is a circle. So you just walk in a circle and there's no way to get lost. There's no offs to go, anything like that. There's a circle and there's a stairwell that goes back upstairs. That's it. And I had everybody walking around this circle for about five, ten minutes <laughs> trying to find the exit. And they're all going, John, what are we doing? I'm like, we're just um, going to get out of here in a minute. It's just around this corner. <laughs> because I couldn't find the way out. And what I then saw as I turned around and I was like, oh, John, you've just had everybody walking around here for the last 10 minutes in a circle. And I saw the stairs, and as I looked at the stairs, I saw someone pulling a body along. Um, and when I saw that, I did run. I ran from these stairs and I ran up them, and everybody just sort of ran with me. <laughs> when we got up the stairs, I was like, what are you sort of running for? And they're like, because you ran. And when the medium runs when we're on a paranormal investigation, we're running with you. Um, <laughs> That's got to be one of the things. I don't know what it was. I think I was so confused because I knew that I was walking around in a circle. I knew there was a set of stairs to get up. And then all of a sudden, I saw this this man pulling a body along the ground. I thought, no, I'm not staying here for this. And I just ran. <laughs> but, yeah, everybody ran with me. Right, okay, sounds good. Okay, the next one is from Marie Lamont. How did you know you were psychic and not just a mad loony tune? Um, well, I still think I'm a mad loony tune, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your, your average Joe psychic. Typical, you know, yeah. Some, some bizarre names for me, um, like the the psychic buffet and the say it as it comes and the no holding back. Mm -hmm. um, so I still think I'm a bit a bit crazy and a bit loony tune. Um, but I think, do you know, I, th I don't really know. I just, 
I knew what I was saying and what I was getting, what I was hearing was always right. So I never classed myself as a, a loony, a loony chain. <laughs> I quite like that. Um, it's a kind of question I've always thought as well. You know, if you are psychic, how do you differentiate between, you know, hearing these messages and, and thinking, God, you know, am I going mad? You know, where where is that line? You know, where do you differentiate? I mean, I think it's just because it's been so natural with me. Mm. Um, I assume if it just happened all of a sudden, you know, if you were just one day sitting on the sofa and then spirit came in and started talking to you. I assume that would be a bit of a shock, mm. uh, most definitely. But for me, the way I've had it, it's never really been crazy or, oh, you're going a bit loopy, John. You know, it's been normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember when my doctor once asked me what I did for a living. Uh, <laughs> and I told him I was a medium, I hear voices. He did want to, to sort of send me for some tests. I've got a great <laughs> psychiatrist I can put you on to, actually. <laughs> Uh, now he's um now he's had a few readings from me as well oh right okay great yeah yeah, great okay Um, great yeah Yeah, sorry carry on yes yeah you're gonna say so no i was just saying he gave that funny look as i said you hear voices i'm like yeah i'm a medium (laughs) (laughs) okay um (laughs) next one is from mandy lease how do you stop bad spirits coming through so for me um i always do protection before i open up so whenever i'm doing i've talked about you know when I'm not working, spirit don't get to speak to me because I close down. So before I do work, I open up. So I, I open the door and I say, right, okay, you can come forward, you can talk to me, we can have a wee party, you know, let's do some messages, um, whatever. And as I'm doing that, opening up, I always visualise a, a white energy surrounding my entire body. Um, and I'd say this is my protection. This is what keeps me safe. It's the purest of pure energy. I ask my guides to stand forward as well and strengthen that that energy. I also watch um, red roots growing out my feet and just planting themselves into the ground, keeping me safe and secure. Um, so yeah, it's it's like a bubble. I work with a with a white light, and that's what I have as my protection. Um, and I always say to people when they're developing that they should do that. They should have that white light as well. And it's not about just seeing the white light. It's you believing that that white light is doing what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. You feel that white energy actually protecting you. Um, and it will. It will hug you and it will protect you. Um, so that's that's the way I protect myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one is from David Gothic Williams. Uh, Hi, John. How do you know when you're in touch with the spirit and get a reading? I imagine he sort of means whether you, I think you mentioned earlier that you you sort of clairaudiently hear things. Um, yeah, so clairvoyantly, clairaudiently, clairsentiently. How, how does that work for you? Yeah, I use all the clairs um, when I'm doing a reading. When I first started, it was the voices, so audience. Um, and then it sort of changed into images and signs. And now when I'm up, you know, um, I could see them at times standing at the side of me. And then I could just be, opening my mouth and I have got no control over what's coming out. It just rolls off my tongue. Um, and before I know it, I think, oh, I hope I haven't said anything to upset anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's it's the feelings I get and it's images that come in my head and I've just got to, I know what those images or those feelings are, so I relate them. Sometimes I could be even just looking around the room and I'm drawing to like, you know, the chandelier, and as I'm looking at it, it reminds me of something. 
which then I tell to the person, and they're like, oh, that's so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. So I work with, with all your clairs um, all sort of mixed in together and warped into one sort of strange, bizarre, spratty, special reading. Okay, good, great. Um, and next one is from Chantel Clare. How far have you travelled to do your work? I have been... Um, the furthest I've been would be... Germany? No, not Germany. I've been... I've been all over, actually. I don't know. I'm useless with geography, so I've got no idea where the furthest away one. Um, but I've been out with the UK, most definitely. I've been to loads of different places, um, France, Germany, Poland, um, Australia, America. So I've been hundreds and hundreds of places um, with my work. All over the world. Great. Okay. Uh, and the final one we've got here is Susan Milsom is asking, have you ever done levitation? I haven't. No, um, I wouldn't even know where to start with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, right. Thank you very much for that last question, Susan. And thank you, everybody from uh, John's Facebook fan page for asking all those questions. And thank you very much, John, for answering all those for us uh, on this Facebook fan page special of yours on Psychic Social. We'd love to do another one of these with you again at some point. And um, I'd like to thank you again for being on the show today, John. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to hopefully doing it again. So do we very much so. Thank you, John, and we'll speak with you soon. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Psychic Social from psychic.co.uk, the spiritual home of psychics. Psychic.